and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. I'm here today with the Honourable Justice Dr George Kanyamba, a senior Ugandan judge and professor of law who has held office in all three branches of Uganda's government, in Parliament, the Executive and the Judiciary. He's also one of Warwick Law School's most distinguished alumni and first doctoral candidate, having achieved his PhD in law here. He was a path-breaking academic at Makerere University in Uganda, where he was the founding member of the Faculty of Law. His critical comments in his textbook on constitutional law questioned the ability of soldiers to rule the country and subsequently landed him in exile in the UK. It was at this time when he came to Warwick to study for his PhD. This was followed by a period of academic and activist campaigning against the Amin government in Uganda, in which he and others succeeded. So first of all, congratulations on your honorary degree. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, how does it feel to receive this award, especially after receiving your PhD here all them years ago? First of all, it's uh, very, very, very satisfying to know that you have been recognized uh, by a university of Warwick uh, caliber and that uh, the work you did subconsciously not wanting an award, has actually resulted in an award of this nature. So I'm very, very grateful and very pleased. And since your uh, previous exile to the UK and at Warwick, where this was the time where you studied for your PhD, wasn't it? Definitely. Yes. yes. Um, the situation in Uganda has vastly improved. There must be huge challenges involved in developing a fledgling democracy. Can you tell us about these challenges and how you would resolve these issues? You know, the challenges are that currently we are uh, under the guardianship of President Yoweri Kaguta Museveni, and uh, he came in with a very brand new idea of introducing democracy, rule of law, and respect for human rights. And uh, that is one of the reasons I left my teaching job at Cardiff and joined him, uh, with, as you have rightly uh, held a number of positions in the government. Uh, but uh, power sometimes changes, uh, whereas we thought it would be democratic and increasingly uh, he has become impatient with the rule of law and democracy. And uh, for example, as I speak now, uh, they are talking of giving him a fourth term. And the people, many people are not very happy with this. Mm -hmm. Indeed, uh, in order to get the third term, which is going to complete in 2011, uh, he had to cajole, coerce uh, the, the country and the members of parliament, including alleged bribing, in order to get the third term. Having been the most vocal mm -hmm. supporter of having a two-term uh, presidency. So at the moment, things are not going very well mm -hmm. in Uganda. Um, how would you go about addressing this, do you feel? How, what, what is the next step? Because this brings us on nicely to talk about the independent judicial system, which you helped establish as well, and that's fundamental to a, a democracy that works effectively. I don't know, how do you feel that things will play out? Funnily enough, of all the organs of government, the judiciary in Uganda has been fiercely independent mm -hmm. and certainly very courageous in coming up with decisions in accordance with the constitution and the law. Uh, increasingly, the executive arm of government have begun to undermine that independence of the judiciary uh, by appointing what they call government cadres into uh, positions of judicial uh, capacity, uh, by intimidating uh, some of the judges, 
uh, if you were to carry out research, you find that uh, I have been a judge of the African Court of Human People's Rights. Some people arguably say Kanyamba is the founding father of the rule of law and human rights in Uganda, rather in Africa. Nevertheless, uh, recently the government of Uganda decided that I could not be trusted in that court in case Uganda ever appears there. So they have replaced me with another judge. So I'm no longer a judge of the African Court of Human Rights. This has really stunned uh, Africa because really if you go to any other country in Africa, they will mention the name of Kanyamba is identical with the protection uh, and uh, uh, support of human rights. So this is part of the thing, that people who stand up uh, for rights, for the rule of law, uh, are sidelined, they are removed from office, uh, or indeed they are dropped from uh, positions of power. It's um, an ongoing struggle, it, it seems. Is. It certainly is. One thing that uh, the NRM government has done, of which Museveni is lead, and I was a very still a strong supporter of its principles, is to release civil society. My limited experience in, uh, in protecting and defending the rule of law and human rights is that it is done not by the governments or by government institutions, but by a very strong, vibrant civil society. So civil society in Uganda have mushroomed and they are very brave to come out and, uh, and de defend the, the rule of law and oppose the government when they are violating people's rights. There have been a number of examples where really civil society has succeeded in halting mm. uh, what were very questionable policies of the government of the day. Yeah, and it does rely on courageous people such as yourself and your colleagues to actually really take a stand and that is incredibly inspirational. Do you feel to come back to your education it's as well as the strong moral imperative to take a stand and say we do need an independent judicial system, we do need a democracy, we need human rights, you need an understanding of international law, you need an understanding of what goes on outside of Africa. Um, can you tell us about that? Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, I learned earlier on and uh, I think that to work uh, was my uh, really guide as uh, what was happening here that uh, the world today is interdependent there is no state which is uh, self-sustaining or which can live by itself uh, Mugabe of uh, uh, Zimbabwe uh, may run a single two that you need to depend on other countries particularly those countries when they are stronger than yourself mm -hmm. having said that uh, we learn from other countries. We see what happens in other countries. What is democracy? What is the rule of law? And you will find that it is those countries where there is respect for the rule of law, where there is respect for human rights that are developed faster, that uh, people live happily, and that there is peace. Uh, people always forget that, that every time you attack one individual, you create five enemies. Those are the relatives of that particular person, mm -hmm. and then it increases when the friends also discover that you've been victimized. They never learn from that.
Mm. And you received your PhD here as well. Uh, what was the topic of your PhD, incidentally? Funnily enough, if you ask the whole applicant, they think my specialization is constitutional law. Although really, I taught constitutional law when I was at uh, 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 Cardiff mm. University. Yeah. But my PhD here was on urban law, planning and development. Right. Yes, this was my thesis. It was on oh. land law, planning, schemes and uh, also land development in East Africa with reference to the UK, India, and the USA. It was a huge thesis, uh, very ably uh, supervised uh, by Professor McCausland, Mm -hmm. who I believe now is at London University. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and do you feel that that area of law has influenced you? Because you're, you're well known for the human rights. You know, land, uh, not necessarily in Africa, but all over the world, is, mm-hmm. a, is a very, very essential commodity uh, of existence. Uh, and uh, land rights are very, very important, uh, particularly in my area uh, where I come from. And so to be able to know, the, to have knowledge about how the law system works, land tenures and the rights of tenants and landlords is very, very important because it involves the daily living conditions of the majority of our people, particularly the peasants in Africa. Yeah. Um, can we move on to talk about the situation in Zimbabwe? Because obviously you have a wealth of experience. What would your advice be to the international community to help resolve the situation in Zimbabwe peacefully? Well, I'm going to disappoint you in two areas. One uh, is that I, three months ago I was in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly the, the country is in a terrible state. Yeah. Uh, forget about what the readers say, they are victims of uh, America or British interests. No, it is not. Often the fault is in us, not in our stars. Mm-hmm. Having said that, uh, if you read on the internet, you will find that has, I have been nominated mm-hmm. uh, by the International Commission of Jurists to lead a panel of right. experts on a fact-finding mission to Zimbabwe. Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, it has become what we call uh, subjudice. Mm-hmm. So I cannot really talk about it until we have done that work. But it makes sense to, to go in there. It's obviously it's a very emotive subject, but to go in there, it's the rule of law, it's the facts, we need the facts, and then we can yes, make absolutely. the decision. Yes, I noticed the, the, the signs when I was there before the elections. I had been invited by the League of Fraternity of Southern Africa, uh, among those who participated were the distinguished president of the South African uh, Supreme Court, rather constitutional court, mm-hmm. among others. I was the guest of honor. I gave the keynote address. Mm-hmm. We were about 200 mm-hmm. uh, judges, lawyers, and so forth. Mm-hmm. We stayed in one of the most prestigious hotels in Harare. Mm-hmm. But not once, either in the press or radio TV, was this conference ever mentioned. The organizers had taken us there to say, you people, we know you are brave people, come and talk about the rule of law, human rights, near home in Harare. And the journalists were there. Uh, other participants who were Zimbabweans, uh, although the judges were discouraged from participating or saying any, anything at all, mm. nevertheless to think that not one word was ever mentioned, as far as everybody in Zimbabwe is concerned, that conference never took place. 
and that tells you yeah. the state of affairs in that country. Do you think what's going on can be resolved peacefully? It has to be resolved peacefully. Uh, most of our countries, including Zimbabwe, we have passed through traumatic experience of conflict, of civil war, and so forth. And I think our people are tired uh, of fighting, losing lives and limb and property. And it is high time that problems of this nature should be resolved peacefully through negotiations, coercion, and so forth, without resort to the arms uh, or rather to the weapons uh, of fighting. I would think that it would be in the interest, not only of Zimbabwe, but Africa, that this matter be resolved peacefully. And I, have, I am optimistic mm. that it will be. And of course, the work that you've done and the name that you've made for yourself in the name of human rights is going to be an inspiration to other people like you who want to follow the same path because it goes beyond personal achievements. It's actually shaping the destiny and improving the lives of millions of people. And in that, I think it's a very hopeful message. Thank you.